You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. everyone you're listening to the phnx coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings sportsbook app america's top rated sportsbook app don't forget to hit that like button subscribe wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five star review i'm leah merrill here with craig morgan and steve peters happy trade talk tuesday everyone how you how you doing i actually like the topic today with we're, we're going to talk about the mike johnson trade and uh Mike Johnson has one of the best backstories of any coyote I can remember. We're not going to get into all of that today, but it, it, it's a fun story. We'll touch on that as well. But uh, I don't know. Where, we want, where do we want to start here? Do we want to but, set this Before, I'm going to start with this. You like this Trade Talk Tuesday topic as opposed to all the other ones you've done that you didn't like? Oh, I like I like the other ones, but okay, Johnny just has in. a great backstory. It's just it, it's, I knew nothing about this. I knew nothing. So when I was preparing for this episode, I did a lot of background research. There's, there's a lot of a things lot, on this there's one. There's a lot of things going on. Timing yeah. is is a big part of it. Money is a big part of it. Future is a big part of it. There's a lot going yeah. on in this trade. And it well, all starts with Nikolai Habibulin, right? Yeah. That is well, the impetus for this trade. Nikolai Habibulin, a camp holdout, just refused to play for the Coyotes, played in the International Hockey League rather than playing for the Coyotes. They needed to move Nikki. So take it away, Petey. You were there. You were always well, there. I, I don't know. Let, let Lee introduce the well, trade at least. I was going to say, well, yeah. So we're going to look at the trade that brought Mike Johnson to the Coyotes. But I, I like because, like I said, I can see literally on Google what happened. But why was he holding out? Why was he refusing to play? Why did they need to move him? Like, can you set the stage a little more for people like me who might not know what was going on at the time. Doesn't it always come back to money, Craig? Yep. It always comes back to negotiating a new contract in time to get paid. And it's, you know, you look at a year earlier, Keith Kachuk held out and he was trying to get more money from the team. And this is a team that had made the playoffs their first four years in the Valley. Um, and I think Nikki just wanted to be appreciated and get paid for the work he'd done getting this team to the playoffs every year. Um, unfortunately it just didn't work out and they had to move him. I mean, he was, he was on the books for the entire year of 2000, 2001 and didn't play a game as Craig mentioned. So you got to do something. You got to get him off your books and you got to get the best deal for him. But we've talked about this too. When you discuss trades, when everybody knows you need to get rid of a guy 
it doesn't raise the value. If everybody's going, well, they got to get rid of him, and then they're going to get rid of him because he's not playing, it, it lowers the market value for that player. And unfortunately, I don't think the Coyotes, and I like Mike Johnson, and we'll talk about the return in a minute. I, I just don't think they received the value they would have expected for a goaltender of the caliber of Nikolai Habibulin, who was playing lights out at that time. And this is a guy that carried this team into the playoffs. Fortunately, he gets hurt in the Detroit playoff series, um, and, and Jimmy Waite couldn't shut the gate. And you find out how important this guy was to the franchise. He was, I mean, he was the franchise goaltender from the Winnipeg Jets and he carried over here. He's a big deal. And it, you either got to pay him or trade him for a haul. And unfortunately, because of the timing, they weren't able to do that. Yeah. And he ends up going and leading Tampa to its first Stanley cup as well. <laughs> Ooh, so, that one's going to hurt. Yeah. yeah and that when, really comes down to it, right, Craig? I mean, he's in his prime and, and Tampa Bay who doesn't make the playoffs the year they acquire him. And, and he actually does come back to the, to North America and play in two games for Tampa. I mean, it's ir- irrelevant to finish the, the old 2000-2001 season. But it's the next season. Where he played 70 games in in, in wow. 0102. 70 games. That's with a save percentage of 920 after playing 70. 70 games? Like, that doesn't happen anymore. A guy playing 70 games. And that's a higher save percentage back then, too. Yes. In in today's terms, it would be even higher. Yeah. So that's, it's a lights out season in in 0102 for Nikolai Hobby Bullen. And then the following season is, is, you know, he, he comes back and he's over 900 again, plays 65 game. And then it's the third year in Tampa where they actually win the cup. But again, he's a 910 save percentage, only played 55. And I say only 55. Um, (laughs) That's a lot of games, but, but he, he's the reason, you know, he's in the net and he's playing, Every, every game in the playoffs for um, the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. He turned the franchise around. I mean, he became their goalie um, before moving on to play for Craig's hometown team. So yet another situation where a person leaves the Coyotes and then it hits their prime. <laughs> yeah. The curse, the curse. Okay, well, let's dive into the overall trade. The groundwork has been set. On March 5th, 2001, the Arizona Coyotes traded the rights to Nikolai Kabiwoolen, like we just said, and um, Stanislav... N- oh, I got to see the names. Neskash. That's how you say that? Neskash. Yeah. That's, that's not what I was going to say. Right. Nobody knows that. All right. And the Arizona Coyotes acquired Nick... Oh, not Nick. Sorry. I was reading wrong. Mike Johnson, Paul Mara, Ruslan... Zanulin. Zanulin. Okay, there we go. And a 2001 second round pick that which ended up being the 31st overall pick, which ended up being Matthew Spiller. Who? Yeah, Matthew Spiller didn't work out. (sighs) Paul Mara was a was a guy. Paul Mara was a guy. He was a decent defenseman. Really, the the piece they got in this that turned into anything was Mike Johnson. Yeah, but you talk about it too, though. Craig, you talk about the timing. This is they made four years consecutive in the playoffs after moving to the desert. This year, the year that Javi Bullen holds out and doesn't play a game is the year that this team misses the playoffs for the first time. So now they got to go, uh oh, we got to start looking to the future. So not only is Javi Bullen traded, and I know he didn't play a game that season. He was in, you know, like as you mentioned, the International League and held out, but they also traded Keith Kachuk at the trade deadline. So when you trade Keith Kachuk at the 2001 trade deadline and Nikolai Javi Bullen at that trade deadline, you got to go, uh oh. 
Like this, this is these are the stalwart pieces of this franchise, and they're being traded. So maybe we're going in a different direction. So you got to start looking. Okay, well, this is the this is probably the first time in this franchise history where you go, okay, we're breaking this team down, we're tearing it up, we're trying to save money, we're trying to go in a different direction. So. We've talked about rebuilding before, and and when you're rebuilding, it's not that big a deal if you don't win. It's not. You're looking for young players, and at the time, it was Craig alluded to this earlier. It was Cliff Fletcher was the GM that he's got to make the best deal possible for two of the most important pieces of this franchise. So you missed the playoffs in in 2001 when you trade those guys away, but miraculously, they make the playoffs the next year. I mean, this is a team that that the following year they go to. Um, on to the 2001 two and they they make it to the playoffs in their first year after trading their two of their best players i think that's a huge win for this team but you're right the pieces next cash and i know i didn't put the the european pronunciation like you do craig but everyday player i mean he he was an okay defenseman but played played um all the time just a regular five six palmer is interesting because he's a guy he was drafted seventh overall by the Lightning in '97. He's a guy that big guy, six foot four, over 200 pounds, big, strong defenseman that they thought was going to be. He played, you know, for a lot of U.S. teams. He came up through the USA Hockey Program. He's going to be the guy. But again, he turns out to be a regular everyday defenseman. And the, I mean, he was solid. He was he was a four five, and he defended well, and he's big and strong, and he played okay and he played most games i mean except when he was hurt he wasn't a guy in and out of the lineup he filled the roster spot he wasn't elite he didn't score well, one year i guess he scored 15 <laughs> yeah he had, a, he had one big season actually the, yeah. the way you guys are describing him is so funny because craig's description was palmero was a guy <laughs> that yeah. was his original description and now you're like he filled the roster spots like not Nobody, exactly it, it, I like Palmer. I like Palmer a lot. And you know what? I really like Palmer. I like Palmer off the ice. Like he's one of those glue guys. He's a funny guy. He was, yeah. you got to keep your eye on him because you don't know what Paul's going to do in the locker room. And he makes things light. And he's a good, great locker room guy. One of the best guys to come through here. And you're right. In 05, 06, he did put up 15 goals, got 47 points in 78 games um, where he did get to see a little bit of offensive side from him. And you know what? At six for four, you always wanted just a little bit more of that grit there. It will him up at times you poked the bear and he was tough but you wanted to see more of that physicality in that every day and you got to think back in the early 2000s this game was tougher and it was tougher around the net and there was a lot more clutching and grabbing and and you could do pretty much what you wanted to in front of the net in those days and, and they just wanted a little bit more bite out of his game than he was able to provide um, but Paul Mara ends up playing for years here I mean he had five years in Phoenix plays a lot of games becomes an everyday defenseman unfortunately you're talking about your franchise goaltender and so when you trade your franchise goaltender, you would like to see a guy that really becomes, you know, your one, two um, on your defense and playing on the power play and leading the, the charge. And, and you talk about the throw in pieces, Ruslan Zanulin doesn't play a game, never comes to North America. So it's just part of the throwaway piece. So it really comes back to Mike Johnson. Fun little fact about Paul Merritt. You know what he's been up to the last few years? I, 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 I don't. Coaching the Boston Pride. Women's oh, really? Really? That's five seasons. He's been oh, the coach. Are kidding me? Yeah, he's a Boston guy, so that's what I he's been doing. I didn't know that. Okay. Huh. Wow. I don't know if I would have picked him as a coach. Of all the guys that have, have gone through here, I don't know. There's some guys who go, yeah, okay, he's going to be a coach. You know, like Derek Stepan. Derek Stepan's a guy, yeah, if you said Derek Stepan's going to be a coach, I go, yeah, well, of course he is because that fits. And we talk about Lee Stepniak and his role as a player development guy. Yeah, okay, that fits. Paul Mara, I don't know if I would have picked that one. Huh. 
Good for him. Congratulations. Well, if he's been doing it for five years, he must be doing something I guess. Right. Um, okay, well, let's get into the Mike Johnson part of this trade because I know Mike Johnson as a broadcaster on TSN. A good one. <laughs> yep. And that is all I know him for. So what did Mike Johnson do when he got here? Well, not much initially. Um, you know, he only played 12 games when he came over. But the following season in 57 games, he only had five goals and 27 points. The year after that, he really broke out. He had 23 goals and 40 assists, 63 points. That was his career high. Really had a terrific season. And, and when you look at Mike Johnson, um, you know, the expectations for him really for most of his career were low. He wasn't drafted. And, and as he told me, I did a Q&A with him a while back. His, his career is just this amazing string of good luck. But it, it, when, it, when he went into high school, he said he was four foot 11. So he was playing like single A. One, one I level, was taller than that. Yeah, one <laughs> level school. above house league. He really, nobody thought he was going to play hockey. Nobody in the family had any illusions about him playing hockey. He was ready to go into finance and work on Bay Street in, in uh, Toronto, right? So, uh, but then he grows. He has all these uh, things that come together. He, he he tried out for like three different junior teams, finally found a home, works his way to Bowling Green, and, and one of the guys that's supposed to be in the lineup, he wasn't even supposed to play opening night, gets injured, and he has five points in his first game at Bowling Green. So he's off and running at Bowling Green, and it's just a string of – I won't tell you the whole story, but, I mean, he, he ends up finding his way – onto the Toronto Maple Leafs roster and, and he starts playing well and he and he's he obviously got much bigger. I think he's what six three now. So he found a home for himself in the NHL and actually carved out a pretty good career for himself. Yeah, and it's funny, you look at that it, when you go back to when he was on this team in that year that he gets over 20 goals, that line, he was on a line with Ladislav Nagy, Mike Johnson, and up the middle of the ice, Damon Lankow. And we've talked about how Damon Lankow was a, a utility player for this team in the 2012 playoff run, and he was you know fourth-line guy in a grinder. When he was paired with Mike Johnson and Ladislav Nagy, Damon Lankow was a number one center in the National Hockey League for this Coyote team. And I tell you what, that line was really, really good. And, and I, offensively, they, they were a threat to score. And, and you know how Lankow plays with that gritty determination. He could go into the corners, dig out pucks. And Johnson was a skilled player. Like Mike Johnson had – he had good hands. He could get pucks in the net. And he, was, he had this lanky frame. So he's a bigger guy than he looks. Like he, he's, he's trim, but he's – you know what? He's kind of like a, a Nick Schmaltz build. Like he's, he's a little bit thinner, but he's tall and lanky. And, and Perlini is similar too. Like they – were bigger and stronger than they looked. And I tell you what, he was, he, he was, I, I, I'd have to go back and now I'm going to hate to misquote on a, a the, the podcast, but I'm pretty sure he was MVP of the team that season, like voted on by the players in, in, in the year that he scored 23 goals. Um, now I'll, I'll check that with Ed Shane Doan and make sure that I'm right. But um, he, he was a fun player. But the other thing about Mike, and you've seen it today on his broadcast career, he's an incredibly bright kid. Like, he's yeah. really – and I keep saying kid. I got to I gotta stop that because I'm old. But he's incredibly bright. He shows it on his broadcast every day. He's a really, really smart guy. He got his education at Bowling Green. And he – I tell you what, he, he was a sharp guy on and off the ice, very cerebral, thought the game very well, had a really good hockey IQ. And he was the piece of this trade that really was the asset for the Arizona Coyotes. Um, unfortunately, he just didn't put it together long enough, and they needed to eventually move him out. 
two fun little anecdotes on Mike Johnson coming over to the Coyotes. First off, I, I mentioned that season where he just he didn't put up much in, in the way of offense, 27 points, five goals in his first full season. He said he, he blamed Mike Sullivan, Petey, because Mike Sullivan never wanted to cross the red line. He was just a defensive <laughs> player. Excuse me. Oh, that's funny and, and probably true. He gets to the locker room for the first time, and, and Keith Kachuk's still here. Keith walks out in this this big bathrobe that says Big Walt on it. It's monogrammed literally on the on the robe. And he comes up to Johnson and says, hey, Mike, I'm Big Walt. And Johnny says, oh, hey, Walt. And, and Kachuk stops him. He goes, no, it's Big Walt. <laughs> you know what, Craig? It's oh funny. When you God. talk about those the stories of that era of hockey, and I, I think we've mentioned it here before, but it, it's just – different and it, it the personalities in that locker room and everything yeah. of, and that's not the coyotes locker room it's all locker rooms it was just different it was just i don't want to say scary because that's not the right word but you you knew who the veterans were and i remember yeah. when i was working there at that same time when mike johnson came i and i'm not making this up i would do anything to avoid walking through the locker room like i if i could if i could get away with not going through like they had a door at one end and you'd have to walk all the way around the hallway and you come in by the medical room at the old america west arena man i would take if it took me five minutes longer hell yeah i'm not going through that room <laughs> especially like you got jr walt you had Keith, those uh, two in talk. particular yeah <laughs> but but walt man you knew when walt was around like walt yes, was merciless to people especially rookies and young people and staff people and you're like oh my god please don't notice i'm here please don't notice he gave, i'm here he gave mike johnson two rules to remember the first and he says i got two rules for you johnny says i'm thinking always be on time or something like that and the first rule is always pass the puck to number seven rule number two is don't ever fucking forget rule number one oh my god <laughs> he was i tell you what he was a personality he was tough oh my he god, was tough and he was part you know yeah. in, in some strange ways part of this trade too because you know 10 days later he gets traded to st louis so within 10 days you lose nikolai hobby bull and johnny comes in for 10 days with walt and then keith oh. Kachuk's off to st louis and jr's out after that year right too so Wow. Crazy changes, crazy changes to the roster. Oh man, that would I can't imagine going through that as a fan. I, of course, was five years old. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, for our, our my once a show age comment. Um, before we get into the trade tree, because there's so many pieces, there were you know, all of these players then were traded on, and there's a little bit of a trade tree here. Um, I'm checking right now my underdog fantasy app because I last night's Monday night football game was so excited. Did you guys watch that by the way? Yes. Yes. What a finish. Like that was so exciting. Um, so I'm really already ready for Thursday night football. So I'm on my underdog app looking at the pick'em section. It just for me, like I'm a Cardinals fan, but I don't really care about the nfl as a whole but this is making me care it's making me get invested i've had so much fun on the app it's the most fun way to spice up the football season and it's the underdog fantasy pick em game all you have to do is look for your favorite or least favorite player stats pick between two and five players for your pick em entry and whether you think they'll end up with a higher or lower total than the stat in this week's game get all your picks right and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night you can search in the app store or, or click the link in the show notes sign up with the promo code phnx and underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 dollars sorry 
recommend you do that. I did it. They matched my 100. That's underdog fantasy promo code PHNX and get in on the action today. And just a plug, we're launching a PHNX fantasy show that will be airing weekly. And the first show is today, Tuesday at 1 p.m. on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. So if you need a little more advice on what to how to approach underdog, check out the fantasy show. Yeah, and before we move on, Leah, and I, I, I'm going to say it is unbelievably easy. Even an old man can figure it out. And if you watch the other PHNX personalities on Twitter yesterday, Espo put up his winning five picks, guys pitching under 100 pitches. Like It is so easy to do pick them. And yeah, I, the, the, he won 500 bucks. Like, are you kidding me? Literally like picking like, pitchers to pitch less than hundred pitches. It's just random. Pro- you could just throw like yep. just sprinkle a uh, sprinkle. You could do weenie bets like me, weenie, weenie bets, bets and you can win good money. Could win good money. Um, so be sure to check that out. And also speaking of football, if you want to watch football with others. So if you were watching the Cardinals game on Sunday and you were feeling sad be sad with others. Hopefully not. Hopefully it'll be a celebration, but we're going to be back at four peaks this Sunday for a Arizona Cardinals watch party. Um, we were there on Saturday for the ASU game. We had a ton of fun. And this Sunday at 1230 Cardinals watch party at four peaks, you can enjoy drink specials, Cardinals ticket giveaways and a 220 inch screen experience. Craig and I were there. It was unbelievable. Check out the link below in our description. You must be 21 or older to drink and enjoy responsibly. All right. Let's get back to this trade. Do you want to get into the trade trees? They're not they're not like super significant. And well, I don't know if they are. They really aren't actually. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the go ahead, Leah. You you can outline them what happened. Well, so Mike Johnson in 2006, so five years after his arrival, was traded to the Montreal Canadiens for a 2007 fourth-round pick, which ended up being Vladimir Ruzica? Ruzicka, and he, he Ruzicka? never played for the Coyotes. Yeah, that's, never played, that's never great. played in North America, did he? Yeah, no, he didn't. <laughs> oh, good. Yet another one. Um, Paul Mara was traded to the Boston Bruins along with a 2007 or 2008 third round pick ended up being 2007 that turned into Maxime Massenor throwing that out I don't know um and the Coyotes acquired Nick Boynton and a 2007 fourth round pick which ended up Matt Fratton yeah who yeah that uh yep and then uh I guess the Ruslan Zanulin who never played a game with the Coyotes his rights were traded to the Atlanta Thrashers. Um, and nothing really of note came back, so I won't even dive into it. But I don't say that to Darcy Hordachuk. Don't say there's nothing of note to Darcy who lives in the Valley. <laughs> oh, I missed out. I missed that done. name. Yeah, Darcy. It's, I, mean, <laughs> I only it's, saw the fourth-round pick and whatever. The trade trees really are of no note to the Arizona it's just like, Coyotes. Ugh, fizzle. Yeah, they, they, they just diminishing returns from Hobby Bull and, you know, you, you start getting down. And I like Darcy Hordachuk and he plays hard, but you got to go Nikki Hobby Bull and in the end of the trade trees, Darcy Hordachuk, who again lives in the Valley and we really like Darcy. He's been a big part of the hockey community. Sorry, Darcy, son. I didn't mean to leave you out. I just didn't read your name. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the trade trees in this one are wah, wah, pretty, pretty, pretty bleak. Um, but I, I think when we go back and look at this trade, it was all about having to make a move for Nikolai Hobby Bullen. 
the organization had to do something with a disgruntled player that wouldn't come to terms and wouldn't come to, to camp and wouldn't come to during the entire season. You had to do something. You had to make a move and you have to make the best possible move you could. We've talked about that on this show on trade talk Tuesdays with other players before it's Kyle Turris disgruntled. It's got to go. You got to make the best deal you can. You got to get them out of here. And, and so it's unfortunate when you get backed into a corner by a player and, you know, I'm not saying it's the player's fault. I'm saying they couldn't come to terms, and you're, you've got to do something, and you've got to get some return. So whether it's David Runblad for Kyle Turris, or it's Mike Johnson, Paul Marin, Stan Neshkash for Nicola Hobby Boone, I mean, you got to take, do something. Yeah, I hate to take us back to all these events of two decades ago, but when I look back at this era, I, I think about the team that they brought to the Valley, which was a very good team. They had some really good teams that played at America West Arena. I always wonder, first off, what might have happened if that team had managed to escape the first round of the playoffs and gone on a run just one year or maybe two years, how much it might have ignited the fan base here in the Valley because there was a lot of excitement around the Coyotes when they played at America West Arena. And then you start doing all the offshoots of that, all the butterfly effect of that. Would Richard Burke have gotten the arena approved in Scottsdale? So would we, we be talking about that? And then you look at all the players that left town, like we're just talking about. Keith Kachuk gone. Jeremy Roenick gone. Nikolai Habibulin gone. A little while later, Teppo Newman would be gone. All these stalwarts of the team that had come over move on. The team doesn't get the arena approved. And they move west to Glendale, which starts mostly a two-decade period of darkness. Yeah, and it started with one of the first trades that we talked about on Trade Talk Tuesday. It started with Tamu Solani, and and he never actually played for the Arizona Coyotes that was moved out of Winnipeg prior to getting here. And does that start this whole thing? Hmm. And and we mentioned at the time, and if you need to go back and listen to the Tamu Solani Trade Talk Tuesday, it outlines why and why it was him. And and you know he was his career was over, his knees were done. Whoops, whoops. Maybe 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 it wasn't done for. Do you, do you guys remember last year around this time um, we did a the what if, the what if episode and we just went down a bunch of rabbit holes of things and what if this had been different and what the yeah. the ripple of it's like the wheel of fantasy but for the past <laughs> yeah but it, and it's and it's so true and you, you talk about those one one or two moves that change a franchise and you could talk about it for the good and for the bad and you talk about Colorado bringing in Nazim Kadri and that little move as a second line center propels him to the Stanley Cup. Darcy Kemper picking up in the last minute only because Philip Grubauer goes to Seattle. That one little change. Does that the change? Is that the move that propels them to win the Stanley Cup? And conversely is getting, you know, the Tamu Solani trade or not being able to come to terms with Nikolai Habibulin or having to move Keith Kachuk out to make room for some more money because of the ownership difficulties here that may not have happened if they win in earlier rounds, in earlier playoff seasons, maybe the money is there and you can yep. keep a player like Keith. All of those things, just one or two minor deals change the trajectory for a franchise for decades. And that's what's hard about this franchise because you do look at Team Mussolini and you look at Keith Kachuk and you look at Nikolai Habibulin and Jeremy Roenick and it changes the face of the franchise for decades, not a year, not two years. It changes it for a very, very long time. And now you put the brakes on, finally put the skids on it in this franchise and go, okay, we've got to get out of this. We've got to find a way to get the hell out of this spiral where we're, where we're finishing in the middle of the pack every year. And they did it. They dumped freaking everybody. 
And now you're you're in the middle of the rebuild. And this, for the first time, looking over the last 25 years that they've been in the Valley, this is the first time I can look at it from the outside and go, painful as hell, but this is the way to do it. This is the plan. This is the only way to get back to players like Kachuk and Ronick, and hopefully they're Gunther and Cooley and Geeky. Hopefully that's Kachuk and Rona. I mean, you hope so. Yeah. And maybe that's what propels this team into, into the new future of perennial playoff teams. And it took 25 years to get there. Yeah, not the period of darkness, the period of light. <laughs> period of light. Look at you. Is that something it's from Game of Thrones or one of No, I just I just that like pulled that out of nowhere. We really need to make that into some kind of graphic or the period of light. Welcome <laughs> to the period of light. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, one of the Star Wars spin-offs on <laughs> Disney or one of the new Game of era. I feel like you know the the commercial on Bally this last year, like we <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's like Welcome to the era of light. <laughs> we had we just trying to pause <laughs> a new on that era for Coyotes hockey. That's we the should do a, we should do like a dramatic voiceover. A new you era, know, like a hype video. Yeah, I'm it's in. Totally, yeah. it's totally it is. It's it's DP, and that needs to be done. So yeah. we need to put that graphics oh request in today. Oh a new gosh. era. Well, okay, well, I think we've kind of already co- concluded this, but who won the trade? <laughs> yeah. if you, I, I'll say this, Greg, and I'll. I'll go first. If you win a Stanley Cup out of a trade, you win you, the you trade. Win. Out of, you, it's like automatic checkbox. You win. So Tampa Bay you know. wins this trade. Um, for the Coyotes, it was just you had to survive the trade. You had to get out of it because the player wasn't happy and was coming back. But Tampa yeah. Bay wins the Stanley Cup, so they are the winners of today's trade talk. Well, I talked about the era of light <laughs> that I'm now going to run with for the rest of the year. Um, and single game tickets for this new era are on season. Uh, for this new, oh my gosh, this new era, this season, single game tickets, let me talk myself through that slowly, are on sale now as of Monday. Um, I was checking the Game Time app. There's tons of tickets on there. I also just checked the Game Time app for Cardinals. Um, not They're not home this weekend, but the following weekend. There's tickets on there for $36 to go to an Arizona Cardinals game. Um, great place to get last minute tickets for all you procrastinators out there like me. And it's more so that I just can never make a decision. So that's why I do it. But check out the Game Time app to buy all your tickets, not just for sporting events, but for concerts too. It's the hottest new ticketing site. It's makes it easier than ever also just the interface so funny on the d-back show jesse said it's just a beautiful app aesthetically which is a very jesse friedman thing to say somehow so if you want to see it for yourself and let jesse know if you agree check out game time you can save up to 60 percent on tickets when you buy tickets last minutes to sports concerts and shows and if you love phnx then you'll love game time the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description one more thing I want to bring up. We're done with the Trade Talk Tuesday discussion, but this is tied in. That whole time we're thinking about a contract holdout and how the Coyotes had to take less just to get rid of him. That is something that I feel like the Coyotes are going out of their way to try and avoid with Jacob Chikrin. I hate to bring up Jacob Chikrin every day, but that's just what I was thinking of. It's like I don't want to get in that situation with him. And I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but – no, but this you see the just, damage it does, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. you can't. And, and I know people are like, well, if he sticks around, his value is going to drop. You got to move him. No, if you study basic asset management, this is what you need to do. Bill Armstrong is doing what you need to do. Is there risk associated with it? Absolutely. There's always risk associated with player movement. 
decisions, evaluation of players. He could have another year like last year. And then suddenly the the shine is off Jacob Chikrin entirely, and there there's the market is much lower. But you can't devalue your assets. You can't sell something off cheap because you, you there's this artificial rush or artificial need to do so. They don't need to move him. He's under contract for three years. You need to get him back to playing the way he was playing uh, a season ago. And again, a lot of that's incumbent on Jacob Chikrin. He's got to find his game again. If he wants out after this season or during this season, he's going to have to play his way out, assuming, you know, in another week he is reporting to training camp. It's uh, I agree with you completely, Leah. You, you just can't. You can't devalue your assets because you can't you risk this. the damage it does down the road. The Coyotes need the return that they're going to get for Jacob Chikrin when they eventually do move him. Because I don't imagine Jacob Chikrin playing out the end of his contract here. I just don't. They have to get the return for him because that's what the Coyotes are trying to do right now. Yeah, I struggle with it because it's like selling a house. It's like, okay, my house is worth X amount of dollars today, but in six months, it could be more. Could be less. Interest rates can change. Maybe the market's not the same. Maybe people aren't looking for houses in my neighborhood. This is Jacob Chikrin. And it, it, my fear is I, I get where everybody's saying, like, you, you want to hold tight and hold the asset. And but just what if? What if the market doesn't come back around for the housing market? And you, this is now Jacob Chikrin's value isn't that anymore. Now you're stuck with an asset that doesn't want to be here, that can't perform the way he performed a few years ago. And that's my fear. My fear is you got an unhappy player. And you want to get X back in return, but maybe you take X minus one or X minus two to get that asset out of here. One, it clears your lock. And you're not trying to win now anyway. I know you're trying to win for the future. So maybe you can pick up a piece for the future. Instead of two or three pieces, you get one versus an unhappy player that plays out his contract. What's the value to the Coyotes franchise if, if, if Chickwin stays and plays out his contract as a subpar defenseman? What's the, what, is, what do they gain from that at the end of the sure. rebuild? What's the value? That's the risk. That's the right. risk. But you've seen his upside. He's 24 years old. He can skate like the wind. He's got that bomb of a shot. I don't think last year was Jacob Chickren. I don't. I don't think that's who he is. Is he... I mean, is he a, a first-pair defenseman? Is he an all-star? I don't know yet. He's going to have to prove some things. But I think last year took his value down too much. I don't think he's that low of a player. So you have to at least run the risk of trying to get him up to a different level again. I agree. You think he can achieve. Agreed. But but where does that responsibility fall? And and I think you alluded to it already. That falls on the player. And and I yeah. think this coaching staff is one of the things that I, I and we speak for Jacob and I don't talk to Jacob. I have no idea what he felt. But I think when when Shane Gosses Bear got the ball to run the power play and be at the top of the power play, I think that was hard for Jacob Chickren. It's Absolutely. it's a, it's it's a hurdle that he hadn't had to cross in his career yet where you go, oh. I'm not the guy at the top of the power play. And I don't know if that's what started the dominoes of what led to last season. Injuries clearly did. And, and injuries over the last few years definitely led to where he became. There's no question about that. And, and when you're trying to bounce back from severe, serious injuries, it's hard. And, and I think that that's where you look back at, at what happened to his career and his direct trajectory. I have to go back to the injuries for sure. This to me on September 13th, on Trade Talk Tuesday, this falls on one person and only one person. It's not Bill Armstrong. It's not Andre Turney. It's Jacob Chikrin. He has to come to camp wanting to play hockey for the Arizona Coyotes. Whether he likes it here or not is irrelevant. Whether he likes the situation or where they're going to be in the standings or the rebuild. If 
if he wants to be a player again, he's got to accept the fact that this is where I play. This is where my contract is. I'm wearing the, the black Kachina and I got number six on my back and I'm going to go play. It's all on his shoulders and, and his career could go. The trajectory could be huge if he's willing to commit to the, the process and the program here. And I think that's best for everyone. If he does that, if he decides, yeah, you know, I'm ready to play. I'm going to put the work in. He's never not put the work in. The guy works like an animal in the weight room and off the ice. Like he's in unbelievable shape and condition, but can he get his head straight to want to play? And if he can do that, it's best for Jacob Chikrin. It's best for Bill Armstrong. It's best for the franchise. So I think Craig, when, when we start poking around the arena here in the days to come and, and we are, we're going to be around, we're going to see him and we're going to see what his attitude is. I think it's going to be very apparent quickly uh, on what that, what that is for Jacob Chikrin. Um, in in the season ahead. Wow! All wow. right. Was that a pin that drop? Was, yeah, that was kind. Of, no, wow. that was kind of like a mic drop. It was nothing to add. I didn't really have anything else to say to that. Um, <laughs> maybe in a few years we'll be doing a trade talk. Trade talk Tuesday, Jacob Chikrin, and talking about how both <laughs> teams benefited from whatever <laughs> trade. We'll see. Um, obviously, a huge storyline we'll be following going into this coming season, of course. And I was thinking about it, too. If, you know, the trade wins pick up again. Remember how Saul reached out to DraftKings and asked for odds on, I think, on Kevin Durant, where he would end up. And they did it. And Saul reached out to DraftKings and asked for odds on NHL draft. So maybe one of those things we can reach out to DraftKings. But that's not available now. That's for a different time. What is available now is NFL bets. We just finished week one last night. It was a really exciting first week. If you missed the show yesterday, I talked about I won a four-leg same-game parlay on DraftKings. I won quite a bit of money on DraftKings this weekend. Very, very pleased. Um, and you can win some money, too. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. That's whether you're a new customer or not. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook, use promo code PHNX, and bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes details well we got a exciting week ahead rookie face-off starts this week in san jose last week last year was in arizona this year it's in san jose so we're going to be talking all about that on wednesday's show live at 11 a.m we've got javier gutierrez coyotes president and ceo joining the show on thursday live at 11 a.m and then on friday we're going to be talking fantasy hockey with um pete jensen of nhl.com so i'm really excited to get into that conversation lots of great stuff coming ahead this week craig got anything you want to plug on gophnext.com <laughs> uh well i have a an asu hockey story coming up actually i took a deep dive on the three goaltenders and how they're going to manage that situation with two new goalies coming in and ben cross the the one holdover of course who finished last season strong but clearly asu needed to improve in goals so I'm going to have a story up on that on Wednesday, and then we're going to get rolling, uh, looking looking ahead to camp very soon here and start looking at all the storylines uh, that apply to the Coyotes. I'm like super bought into ASU hockey, and I'm a U of A grad, but I'm so bought in to ASU hockey. Yeah, and, and their, their previews coming up and uh, 
I'm excited too. And I think I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I don't want to give too much away, but I'm pretty sure at Leah Merrill and I will be actually at the mullet on ASU Sun Devil opening night. I think so. There's a very on. good chance. Of I mean, I, I don't know if what will be surrounded by the show. And when you ask Craig what he got in, in coming up and you could ask me and I'd say nothing. So, well, yeah, yeah. cause you yeah. don't read the, the no, group chat. We've already established that. Yeah. So I don't, know, but, <laughs> but that is one thing I'd really like to do. And we are going to Tucson. So that's coming up. And yep. I'm Tucson on the that. 25th. We were talking about that in the members only discord. Yeah, uh, lots excited. of people got their tickets. So we're really excited for that Tucson preseason game on September 25th. We'll for sure be there. So if you're, going come up if you see us say hi we'll try and say hi to you as well i mean we will say hi if we see you well, but yeah. you need to maybe pd might run and hide but i'll, I'll but be it, i might not run and hide but i might be at the donut stand so if well, you if you really want to we should do a meetup at the donut stand 100 <laughs> percent. like buddy if you want to meet me or see me or talk hockey go to the donut stand because yep. that's where you'll find me Yep. Well, become a member at gophnx.com today so you can get access to the members-only Discord so you can get access to all of Craig's stories and not just his, but all of the great content at gophnx.com. Sign up for an annual membership. Get a shirt from the locker for free when you do, or if you want to try your first month for just 50 cents, you can do a month-to-month membership. And it is currently September 13th. On October 13th, one month from today, the Arizona Coyotes play game one of 82 so we are officially <laughs> leah no one of 82 it seems so daunting <laughs> we got to get the punch card back <laughs> so daunting oh buddy uh, we need a new punch card we need a new one yeah can we do we it to, with a need... different background like black yeah. because of the yeah we yeah. we'll have sean with something up this year oh no oh, one of 82 no. <laughs> I know uh, of darkness and light we should have losses be black and and wins be white like like, like a it. shining light like a shining yeah, light yeah, I like, like it. the era of light or the era of I mean, light is upon us <laughs> the punch card the era of light is upon card. us follow us follow along with us as we bring you coyotes content five days a week <laughs> phnx sports uh subscribe to the phnx sports youtube channel Follow us, like, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. You can follow each of us at Craig S. Morgan, at Leah Merrill, and at S. Peters Hockey. We'll be back live tomorrow, Wednesday at 11 a.m. on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel to talk rookie face-off. Until then, have a great rest of your day, everyone, and we'll see you tomorrow.